Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The 2016 Hillside Festival is happening July 22nd to the 24th and is proud to feature such acts as Jennifer Castle, Nap Eyes, Buffy St. Marie with the Sadies, and so, so much more. There will also be plenty of food, craft vendors, and workshops. For more information about the festival and tickets, visit hillsidefestival.ca. Mark your calendars for the 2016 Hillside Festival happening July 22nd to the 24th at the physically accessible Guelph Lake Conservation Area. For your own pleasure, a well-hidden treasure, Pizza Chocadero. We serve delicious gourmet pizza with daily made dough, homemade sauce, and fresh toppings cut by hand. Ask us for our two-one special. Pizza Chocadero, open weekdays till 9, weekends until 10. Located at 7 Municipal, north of College in Edinburgh. Proud to be an independent family-owned business. Call 519-829-2444 or visit Chocadero.ca. Creative Control with Vish a gifted rock and pop songwriter and musician based in Vancouver, British Columbia. Over the past five years or so, Arner has garnered critical acclaim for his solo records, which tend to feature synthesized instruments and cloudy vocals, but are ultimately infectious and thoroughly satisfying. His new album is an excellent, endlessly enjoyable one called J2. It's out June 17th via Mint Records, and he's playing uh, thus far, a couple of shows in Calgary at Sled Island on June 24th and June 25th uh, to tell more people about his new record. Uh, here to discuss some of these things further is Jay Arner. Uh, hi, Jay. How are you? Hi, I'm, I'm doing great. That's nice to hear. Now, where, where are you right now? I'm at home in Vancouver. Vancouver. How are things in Vancouver today? Um, let's see. Um, it's kind of sunny and bright out i just got up not too long ago right. and i'm sitting in front of my computer 
Okay, and is there any major uh, story uh, in Vancouver that uh, the, the world needs to know about? Is there something that everyone's talking about right now? Um, music Waste just wrapped up last weekend. That was really fun. That's our annual music festival. I believe Vancouver has a few different music festivals, right? Yeah, I guess the it's the annual music festival for um, rock bands. <laughs> it's not the jazz fest or the folk fest. It's right. It's just like the music fest. And and who played? Did you play? Uh, yeah, I played. Um, Adrian Teacher and Subs played. Supermoon. Just all the all the local indie kind of bands. Right. I have to hear that Adrian Teacher and Subs record. Adrian was in uh, was in Apollo Ghost. Apollo Ghost is done, yeah. right? Yeah, they're done. Yeah. So he's uh, this is his new thing. I I um, call it Apollo Ghosts Two. Well, you you tend to add the the numerical two to everything. <laughs> yeah, it's Roman numerals. It's always yeah. Roman numerals with you. Your new record is called J Two. Your first record was just uh, self titled, right? Yeah, we're calling it J One now. <laughs> you call it wasn't called J One. It was no, called J Arner. Retroactively, it's called J One. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's repressing, you might have yeah, to stamp yeah. on a J One. It's like a we're gonna make a new jacket. <laughs> <laughs> this is not in any way a nod to Led Zeppelin or something, is it? Um, no, maybe a nod to the Romans. <laughs> Just the Romans, yeah. Yeah, shout out to the Romans. <laughs> Do you know that in grades, you wouldn't know this, of course, but in grade school, let me tell you a quick story. In grade school, there was uh, there was the remedial classes, remedial help, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there was also enrichment. And I uh, mm-hmm. bear the distinction of having gone to both. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, one day, they were like, we think you need to be in the remedial class. I was like, what? And then, because I didn't do that poorly, I was very confused. I did well, in <laughs> fact. So I was quite confused. And I don't know if they just thought I had ADD or something. But anyway. And <laughs> just veering wildly. Yeah, I don't know right. what happened. It was. I feel like it was in the same year. And it was like some kind of clerical mix-up. But anyway, when I got to the enrichment section, one of our major... Enrichment was weird. They were just like, you people are kind of clever. Let's just teach you about stuff we're not teaching everyone else, which is sort of odd. And uh, one of the subjects was just Roman numerals. <laughs> like they just taught us all the Roman numerals. So I kind of have a fairly, you know, other people get confused around the Super Bowl. I know exactly what number it is. Oh, wow. Are you obsessed, so you, with, are you obsessed with them? Um, no, but I, I often when I need to do some sort of like graphic designy thing, I'll usually search for um, my favorite thing to search for on image search is... Uh, 3d parthenon oh interesting it, it just makes a very <laughs> uh, pleasing background <laughs> you know I, th- I think maybe the thing like about going from remedial to enriched is probably like as a, f- a former smart kid <laughs> myself um, <laughs> the stuff is really boring so you can underperform even if you're smart like the regular classes are just boring so why bother yeah, like Did I feel like it, that? that's that's an interesting way of looking at it. I didn't feel I know I wasn't applying myself that well. I was a bit of a I don't want to say I was a class clown, but I would act out a little bit. I'd like to make jokes and make people laugh even at this I think was grade 7 or grade 8 or something like that. And yeah. so I thought I think that that maybe they were just like we got to do something with this guy. Yeah. Uh but I read voraciously like I was just I don't yeah I don't understand like when I think back on it and I haven't thought about it in a long time this has now become some kind of psycho psycho psychological session <laughs> where you're <laughs> that was my major <laughs> oh it wasn't really oh yeah oh I didn't know that that's interesting so maybe you can help me I didn't mm-hmm. think of this as a deep-seated impactful thing in my life but now that I'm talking to you the interviewer becomes the interviewee (laughs) it is just strange that the way that they made me feel smart was to teach me about Roman numerals too (laughs) I don't know why that was so important to them you got an uh what is a a C did you get a C in that class no I did fine I think I did fine well C isn't C a (laughs) hundred oh see there you go that's a clever joke see I forgot I didn't even I gotta go back to the class I got to go back to the class. <laughs> I'm still in grade seven. That's why I know. <laughs> now, I've been, uh, as you could maybe tell by the uh, glowing introduction, I'm quite fond of your new album. Oh, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's wonderful. I hope I've been telling people about it and trying to play people songs. And and uh, my sense of it overall, if there's an overarching thing that uh, occurs to me as I listen to it, is that it seems to me that you're addressing the struggle to belong somewhere or to something, this idea of feeling alienated 
maybe isolated. Is any of that within the realm of possibility? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now, where does that stem from? Where does that emanate from within you? Um, I'm just in my head a lot of the time. Because you're a smart yeah. kid. You were a smart kid. <laughs> former, former smart kid. <laughs> now, uh, uh, adult dumb-dumb. Uh, <laughs> you feel like you don't know your place in the world? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess music is just where I talk about those things. I'm a pretty happy person. Um, but just that side of me comes out in music, and that's how I deal with those feelings. Well, it's certain. Um, it's not a melancholy angst thing. No, no. It's more just like processing it. I, I feel a little out of place in Vancouver, even though I've lived here my whole life. Hmm. But um, the music scene is like it's more punk kind of, and I I love it. But I don't really find many bands like or like people making music like me yeah, in Vancouver. So I, I always really latch on to people that do. It's interesting you say that because I think some people, certainly there's a, a, a long history of great punk, uh, and I, I assume that means that, uh, and what you're referring to is that there continues to be a good uh, mm-hmm. punk scene there. I guess, well, who's from there, right? White Lung is from there, right? Yeah, Japandroids, if, Java if, Japandroids. if you call them punk. But I, just like the smaller, like not the famous bands, but the the music scene is, I guess because the city is kind of, um, they're not very supportive of live music so you get a lot of underground venues that just spring up and close down and do it again and so you just get a lot of sort of noisy scrappy bands playing places like that and that's that's the music scene and it's it's a really great scene but that's sort of what I came up through playing in Vancouver it's just like playing with noise bands at like some grimy basement (laughs) Uh, when you so say when you say the city is not supportive of live music, is it that they allow venues to be closed without getting behind them? Is it are they actively trying to get rid of them? Sometimes I I, I don't know. It just seems like it's it's not there totally. I mean, there's places for big bands to play, and there's there's bars and stuff. Some have been going on for a long time, which is really good. But I wouldn't call it vibrant. I would call the the music scene vibrant, but like the legitimate venue side of things is not exactly uh, amazing. <laughs> now, does this have something like we just? I know that the, so the among the headlines that I read about Vancouver's music scene recently was that the fabled railway club was being shut down or has been shut down. Mm-hmm. Is it done? Uh, I think they're selling it. I don't know. Okay, I haven't been there in a really long time. It was a lovely sort of weird place to play. I got to play there once in uh, five, six years ago, and I enjoyed it, but it was weird. Sort of a strange venue, but it was really cool. It had a lot of character. Yeah, it was, it was fun to play. Um, they double booked me once, and then I just sort of blacklisted them after <laughs> that. <laughs> I appreciate that you're spiteful. I like that. Well, it was just without getting into it, they did something unprofessional. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm done. Right. No, that's fair. That's the way you that's the way we should behave towards people who slight us. I mean, of course there must be forgiveness if Yeah, uh, if there are just too many places to play. Right. I mean there there's no shortage of venues. Well, I want to um, I want to get back to that though because you say the music scene is vibrant, the city is not supportive and there's not uh enough venues. Is that does that have something to do with what many of us perceive to be something of a it's not a real estate some would say it is a real estate crisis uh in vancouver others would say no it's doing fine i've read both so si- um, i've heard both sides of it but does that have something to do with it yeah if i had to generalize it's like a, a rich person city <laughs> of course it's one of the most expensive cities in the world to live in and if you have real estate you're doing pretty well yeah everyone that owns a house here is a millionaire basically <laughs> so it's it's a city of a bunch of millionaires and there are little pockets that you can carve out for um like us non-millionaires can thrive here too mm-hmm. but uh yeah if i had to generalize i would just say like it's it's a rich person town <laughs> so you you're writing from the perspective of someone who doesn't feel like they fit in their city uh, on some level, but you're happy-go-lucky enough. I mean, you also write a lot, I think, about your life as a musician. And mm-hmm. I'm curious, is that some sort of therapeutic exercise? 
Um, yeah, well, uh, like I said, I guess it's just sort of processing those thoughts, like negative feelings. Um, yeah, I, I, I think so. Do you have misgivings about your, your life, uh, the, 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 the things you spend your time on? No, especially since I dedicated myself to doing music full time. <laughs> before that, yes. What were you doing before music? I was, well, I, I went to UBC and I took psychology and then I did finishing carpentry. Wow. Not, not an ideal job that's a, <laughs> for me. That's an interesting leap, stretch from... Yeah, I just started it while I was in school and then I just kept doing it. Wait, which one? Uh, carpentry. You did carpentry simultaneously as you were pursuing your, your degree in, what was it? Yeah. Psychology, basically? Yeah. And what appealed to you about both of those things? Carpentry did not appeal to me. It was just a job that came <laughs> up and I did, I was like, okay, I'll do this. It was with my friend. So that was very nice of him to offer me that job. That's what he did. And, uh, so I just started working with him. Oh, it, it was just something that you fell into. Yeah. And did you, were you, are you good at it? Um, mm, <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, I, I worked on like huge mansions, like putting up crown molding. Oh, wow. And like, um, subdivisions, that style of house, just like, yeah, putting up crown molding in, uh, more rich people's houses. <laughs> Part of the problem, basically. So you were um, kind of embittered while you were doing your work. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I couldn't say that I was very good at it. It's not super hard to do a good job. You just have to, I guess, be very detail-oriented. Um, but I was always thinking about music and writing songs in my head. So I'm, I don't, I'm, I made some mistakes right. <laughs> in these people's houses. Oh, no. I hope they're not listening. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they are. Most of my listeners, that's my listenership. I told them to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> that's my listenership, Vancouver Millionaires with, yeah. with mansions. I want to, uh, we've jumped around a little bit here, but you were saying that Vancouver is a punk town and that, you know, the music you make doesn't necessarily fit within that realm. However, I was going to say that I think a lot of people, uh, when they think of Vancouver, they might think of the Destroyer. They might think mm -hmm. of the new pornographers, people doing interesting inventive things yeah. with pop music i mean that's is that are those people you can relate to oh for sure yeah i i am really generalizing also <laughs> but, you're yeah. on mint records mint is a, a, a one of the canada's great uh, i think pop labels yeah I, I think so too so you're fine basically we've come back around <laughs> i'm doing great you don't have anything to complain about living in vancouver everything's fine well i mean if i didn't like it i would move <laughs> <laughs> you were born and raised in Vancouver. Yeah. And well, I, I was born and raised in Burnaby, which is touching Vancouver. Right. It's just outside. And what was your upbringing like uh, in Burnaby? Um, I don't have uh, many memories of childhood. I think I, I was just sort of in my own mind a lot of the time. I was a very anxious kid. Uh, a lot of things were scary, <laughs> and I had no sense of direction. And I still don't. So the world was a very confusing place. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And and I mean, that's got to be a bit daunting. If you have any sort of mild agoraphobia and you're surrounded by giant mountains. Uh, I wouldn't say it's agoraphobia. I just don't know where I am and how to get from A to B. Well, you're saying your anxiety doesn't stem from people or or being outside necessarily. It's just not, like general anxiety. But if you're if you're conscious of the fact that you don't actually have a sense of direction, mm -hmm. doesn't going outside present its own share of tension and anxiety? Yeah, driving, driving places because oh, you can you know get from somewhere you you can get to a place you don't know very fast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and, and walking around is fine. <laughs> but your 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 upbringing otherwise you you felt. You felt a little insecure generally, but would would you say it was mostly a, a pleasant upbringing? I think so. As soon as I discovered music, I was just I uh, was gone. <laughs> oh, good. Well, I, uh, you you were that was that was that was for you. Yeah. And how I just sort of disappeared into my head. <laughs> okay. 
and how and when and, and how and when did you discover music who did you discover um my parents bought me a guitar me and my brother they bought us guitars and a four track they bought you a I four track wow yeah very very forward thinking i guess it, it was the 90s and that was the uh the thing to do <laughs> yeah my parents were listening to the first pavement album <laughs> were your parents i don't think so no okay <laughs> but you might you might have was. had you might have had cool parents i don't know oh yeah that would have been pretty cool that's um, my brother showed me pavement though okay <laughs> um yeah uh i don't know why they i guess that we must have showed some interest in music and they're like here you go kids uh i i really don't know you don't I, you don't remember you don't remember who you were exposed to like musically um i just remember listening to like classic rock radio <laughs> so classic. maybe led zeppelin there we go j j2 uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't say that they're an influence in any way i like the drumming the drumming's good the drumming is very good the yeah. singing uh, leaves a little something to be desired <laughs> i can see how people like obviously it's a it's a very powerful voice but it is i think a make or break thing for a lot of people trying to process that band yeah he's he's a bit of a shrieker yes but in particular so like he's so like over sexual <laughs> i don't know yeah yeah no i i hear what you're I, saying there yeah and and you say pavement as well yeah led zeppelin and pavement the led two pillars <laughs> <laughs> those were your influences well those aren't bad yeah um <laughs> that's no pavement yes led zeppelin no okay all right but uh, yeah i do remember listening to classic rock radio and sitting in front of the speakers but i i don't maybe they're my parents were just like hey our uh our son is uh he's in a trance maybe we should get him a guitar <laughs> that's nice it's nice when your your parents observe uh yeah. you and and uh and they figure out you have an interest and they they try to uh you know support that yeah my memory is like a little hazy of that time because it was it was a long time ago sure and in in my mind a, a guitar and a four track just appeared one day <laughs> well i expressed the, a very similar interest to you when i was very young uh like grade four or grade five i uh would uh lip sync to my dad's like old dean martin records and i would grab a tennis racket pretend it was a guitar and do like a whole like lip sync concert for them and they would watch it and uh, <laughs> and the next thing I knew, I was in tennis lessons. <laughs> That's this is true. This actually happened. It sucked. I was just was woken oh. up one Saturday and I was like, "What's happening? I didn't ask for this." So, <laughs> they really misunderstood my intention there. Now you we've mentioned some of your influences, and and some might say that your work and a lot of work by uh, contemporary musicians, younger musicians, seems to echo the past, particularly the onset of new wave uh maybe post progressive music of the late 70s and 80s does music post progressive no one's ever used post prog before i had written down no. post punk but i actually think there was a post prog movement um where people were kind of the the kind of musicianship there was the punk thing where i think a lot of the orthodoxy and proficiency was you know sort of nominally rejected by so many people uh -huh. It was kind of a, it was false. I mean, you had to, the, every, all of those guys would say they couldn't play their instruments, but they clearly could. You mm -hmm. know, they'd all say, oh, we don't know what we're doing. But then anyone who knows what they're doing is like, I don't know how to figure out these Ramon songs. They're ridiculous. Like, I don't get. Have you ever tried playing really fast? I can't do that. That's exactly it's right. It's really hard. It's exactly. So it's the opposite. They, they were trying to, the, the, the legend was that it wasn't uh skill laden but it truly was it, i mean we can all agree now that it was but then progressive music it, saying that or acting that way was really a rejection i think of progressive music prog mm -hmm. music because it was so steeped in uh lessons and mm -hmm. scales and knowing music so well it's inaccessible it was inaccessible that's exactly right so my point is i feel like some of those sensibilities of new wave and what i'm calling post prog um i feel <laughs> so like so post prog is punk no or is it pre-punk no i think it's post post punk okay what no that doesn't make any sense <laughs> maybe post punk is a little bit post prog i just made this up so i'm just wrestling with it right now i'm i'm down yeah it's something there's something to this i just haven't figured it out yet 
I, I just like inventing genres. So I think there was something going on, 70s, 80s. I'm hearing more of those tones, those sensibilities. Does that, does music of that era mean something to you? We've talked about Zeppelin jokingly. <laughs> We've talked about pavement. Yeah, I, I, I love music from the 70s and the 80s for sure. And is there something, because I think that shines through on, certainly on this new record and some of your other work as well. What is it about that stuff? Because it's uh, got a haziness to it. It's got a certain quality to it that is sort of hard to pin down. Gosh, I really like a lot of the the songwriting. I don't know. It's very, the melodies just sort of grab me and, and uh, yeah, all the music and the sounds, I guess. That was the dawn of synthesizers. That was a good time. Seems like everyone played drums really well mm-hmm. in the 70s. Yep. Um, yeah, just so, I guess there are so many. Well, there are a lot of good bands from every time. Um, but, yeah, mostly, I guess the 70s stuff. Well, I, get, I started making music in the 90s, so that was the what I listened to when I started. But I guess I started working my way back. Yeah. That's what it, it does sound like that. And I feel like there's a, a few people and few a few records that kind of sound that way to me, where people are kind of working their way back to make something contemporary. Yeah, that was probably also maybe the golden age of studio recording. Mm-hmm. Some people might say the 60s or like, you know, when people were working in mono or whatever, but I don't know. I think maybe when like 16 and 24 tracks started showing up in studios that was probably the good time <laughs> like the the that sort of 70s hi-fi sound is a very very good sound yeah it does seem to me that the mid to late 60s is when a lot of studio advancement happened but it probably you're probably right it probably took about a decade for engineers and producers to really figure it out yeah the like starting to experiment with a 16 track or a 24 track it probably took a while for that to happen I guess the Beatles did it, but whatever. <laughs> sure, the Beatles would have done it, but I mean, you're right. I think that there's, there's something about those records that after they were done, I guess, the Beatles, that that, that do sound... Uh, and, and yeah, and I think that some of those those tones, some of those choices sort of come through in, in your work. Oh, good. <laughs> but I, I also like I also struggle with what that means, the fact that... I I feel like, and I don't know if you as an artist even think about this. You probably don't. Uh, but I do think that when I'm hearing some, some of my favorite records coming out today don't really have a definable aesthetic, which is good on some level. But I, I also don't know what it means that anything seems to work now. Meaning <laughs> anything that sounds vaguely of any era seems, it seems like we're okay with it. Nothing seems dated right now. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I guess it's, uh, I guess we're in like the, like computer melting pot era of music. Sure. I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't really think like I'm going for a certain era. I guess it just comes, what am I saying? <laughs> it just kind of comes out the way it does. But I guess a lot of the equipment I use is sort of from the, like, studio era of the 70s or based on that kind of stuff at least but you're this is not a conscious decision this is just this is just what's coming out of you right now is that what you're saying um well yeah yeah yes and no because i did <laughs> like for mixing this album i did i took um a noise song and a harry nilsson song and i just put them in the multi-tracks of all my songs and i did stuff like uh when I was, this might be kind of boring, but I was like mixing the snare drum. So I just put up the song Hallow Gallo by Noi and I just EQ'd the snare drum until it sounded exactly like that. And I was like, okay, snares mixed. Well, the, the, and I would. That's a, that's, that, see, that's telling, I think. That's totally telling. I mean, the song Earth to J basically ends with a Noi part. <laughs> Thank you. Doesn't it? Am I wrong? Um, yeah. No, you're not wrong. It kind of sounds like it, well, I mean, I'm not saying it's a specific part, but it totally sounds like Noi. I, yeah, thank you. <laughs> that, no one said that. Um, but yeah, Noi is a huge, huge influence. Just like how how steady they are. <laughs> they 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 the would, drumming is amazing. The drumming's amazing. They would do these expansive pieces and 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 sit on a groove forever, basically. And yeah, when I was making that song, I was thinking 
is this going on too long? And then I thought, no, it's not going on too long. And, and do they, does their influence pop up? And, uh, so I'm right. I mean, that song was, uh, I think, uh, heavily influenced by Noi, at least the, the sort of second half of it. Um, mm-hmm. But that's th- they were an influence throughout the record. Yeah, have heavy influence. Okay, that's th- that's 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 fair. Now you worked again with your partner Jessica. Is it Delisle? Mm-hmm. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Your partner, Jessica Delisle, you worked with her again on this record. How How is that dynamic? Uh, how does that dynamic work? How are tasks divvied up between you in the in the creative process um well jessica's here right now she hi jessica she's just eating breakfast hi hello <laughs> hello jessica does hello, she want does she want to speak to this question can she hear um, did she hear the question no she can't hear the question do you want me to do you want to put her on the phone for a second um sure yeah do you want to go on the phone She's just eating yogurt. Here's Jessica. I want to eat yogurt. I have some in the fridge here. I was <laughs> just about to have some. Hello, hello, Jessica. Oh, wait, I'll put you on speakerphone. Hello? Hi. Hi, uh, Jessica. This is uh, Vish. Hello. Con- I'm calling from Ontario. How are you? Fabulous. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. I've heard really great things about your podcast. What is your podcast called? Retail Nightmares. Yes, I was just told about this by someone. They said it was a, a, a hilarious, a very funny podcast. And, and, and Jay mentioned it's doing rather well. Is, this is true? Uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty popular. And what's the podcast about? It's uh, We have on our comedian and musician and artist friends who either are currently or at one point worked retail, and then they tell their worst retail nightmares. Uh, and it's sort of like a support group <laughs> for oh, everyone nice. who's worked either in the service industry or in retail. Right, so like... I spent most of my high school years working at a self-serve gas station. Would I qualify to be on a show like this? Totally. Okay. We'll have to talk about this some other time because I have some stories. <laughs> okay. Some weird stories. But anyway, I was just asking Jay about your working dynamic uh, together on this record. You two are in a... Are you still in a project called Energy Slime? Yeah, it's just on hiatus. And what does that mean exactly? Uh, well, we can only really focus on one band at a time. So we're sort of alternating I guess Jay Arner and Energy Slime. Energy Slime was never supposed to take up all of our time. It was supposed to just be a side project. Uh, but then we put out a record and toured. We lost a year of our lives. <laughs> we got so slimed. When you, when you say you got slimed, that's a good Ghostbusters reference. It's timely. <laughs> so when you say it wasn't supposed to be a thing what makes it a thing? Just the fact that you made a thing and then people asked you to play some shows? Yeah, and then Mint uh, offered to put it out and we figured why not. And the fact that we put it out on a 7-inch and there were 10 songs on it was sort of an offer that seemed too good to pass up. <laughs> the fact that we got P2 visas to tour, I think that makes it a thing. Yeah, <laughs> that makes it real. <laughs> I see. Okay, so the, the, basically... You didn't want to be Energy Slime. The world commanded you to be. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. world demanded it. <laughs> That's exactly what I, I would say. <laughs> okay. Now, I want to figure out the working dynamic on this record. Uh, J- Jessica, how would you uh, describe the dynamic in terms of how you two work together? Like, Is there a divvying up of tasks? Do you take on something? Does, does Jay start an idea and you like refine it? How does this work? It's all Jay's ideas. He just... Uh, things come to him almost sometimes like fully formed and then he just sort of directs me to do something he says that 
uh, I'm better at playing piano than he is, but I think I've just had more practice at it. So that's the same as saying that you're better. <laughs> I've just been doing it longer. Uh, but well, that that that's why you would be better. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That explains it. I'm. It's we hard. We finally figured it it's out. It's hard for me to take a compliment. Uh, but so I just I'll play little bits here and there, and then I'll sing some harmonies. So it's really just Jay's baby. Jessica does the stuff that I can't do, or it would I maybe could do, but it would sound bad. <laughs> like singing and, and- I. Right. And how long has this creative uh, uh, bond or partnership uh, been going on? Uh, I guess over four years. Yeah. Four and a half years, maybe. Four years. Okay. Four and a half years. And what spurred it on? Do you remember meeting and, and what brought you together? Uh, we actually met six years ago. At and, Music and Waste. Was that Music Waste? Which I was mentioning. Uh, which we just played. And... Uh, Jay was in a different band, and I was a fan of it, and we had mutual friends who introduced us. And then we were at a party one time, and I think we were both a little bit drunk, and Jay said that he was going to go solo, and he had heard that I could play piano, and he asked if I would be in his band. And I had never been in a band before and never thought to be in one. And I said yes, and then we started being in the band together, and then... (laughs) Uh, he move, moved into my apartment, and uh, then we've been dating for four years. Oh, well, there you go. That's nice. So you're, you're actually a, you're a creative and uh, well, romantic. I don't know what, <laughs> yes, romantic. That's the word I was. It was going to be a lot more sorted. What I said. Yes, you're a very, creative, very romantic with one another. <laughs> creative and romantic couple. That's very sweet. Yeah, it's. Uh, we've basically spent. Uh, our anniversary is next week, actually. Uh, we've spent, I think, every day for the past four years together. And we're not sick of each other. So that's that's rare. I'll go on record. <laughs> yeah. You can quote well, good, me. <laughs> good for you. Now, do you, uh, J- uh, Jessica, when you think about Jay, I, I presume then that Jay is doing some of the lyric writing. We've touched upon a few things about maybe where he's at, where his psyche is at even in terms of, feeling alienated and uh, maybe isolated and not sure of his place in the world. At the same time, he suggests that that's a, music is his primary outlet to get those notions and thoughts out of him. In his day-to-day life, is that accurate? Is he a morose fellow? Is he mostly uh, happy-go-lucky? Jay is the funniest person I know, and I spend uh, long stretches of time with comedians every week. So, uh, yeah, he's, I mean... I guess there's an underlying sense of anxiety and dread at all times, but he, I mean... Who I th- doesn't have Yeah, that? I think have you'd to have be... to be nuts if you didn't feel that way at least a little bit. I mean, I, I worry about stuff, you know, the future and what's going to happen. We're going to be on tour in the States when the American election happens in November. That's a, a scary thought. <laughs> That is terrifying. I, I, I've, I've been on tour in the States during an election cycle when it was Bush and Gore. Oh. oh. And I was sporting a, a Ralph Nader button, and I got yelled at. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be very, uh, I think we're going to be very neutral looking, so no one picks on us. I'm going to try and get one of those invisibility cloaks. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. From Harry Potter? No, I'm from, like, the military. Oh, from the military? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> DARPA or whatever? Yeah, we're going <laughs> to, I've tried to book DARPA. <laughs> We're going to hack into the military industrial complex when we visit. Um, well, that's... Jay, yeah, Jay is... I wouldn't hang out with him so much if he was just a sad sack. It would get old, but he's a, he's a funny guy. Right, no, I, I, I think that the point that I was... I mean, one of the weird things about this, maybe this line of questioning, is that I find the songs to be very funny. Thank you. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> Um, There's lots of very clever jokes, and you've you've done some cool things with uh, call and response, and and I, I think it's extremely funny and meta. It gets kind of meta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, that's that seems to be a thing. You want to talk about your culture a little bit and kind of you know breaking down the 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 fourth wall, so to speak. I'm very self aware. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the Which, most self aware. <laughs> yeah, that's good though. Do you feel is that 
that must that some when you're self-aware sometimes it can be a bit of a drag sometimes it'd be nice to just be completely oblivious to how you're impacting everyone else in the world don't you think mm-hmm. that would be nice but that then you'd be part of the problem but you wouldn't know yeah well i think that's what the problem is though with... but do, 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 don't you think the people who are part of the problem are way happier than us yes mm, i don't know i would rather have at least some sense of uh, self-awareness and intelligence than just to be oblivious and ignorant i think but we'll never but the, know because we'll we you we the three of us will never know we're self-aware yeah mm-hmm. we think <laughs> yeah we could all just be living in a simulation in the matrix for all we know <laughs> now do you two find that your songs or lyrics are ever misinterpreted or at least processed in ways that surprise you yeah whenever someone writes something about not whenever but often i just feel like were they were they listening to the song yeah oh yeah wasn't there a song from your last album that oh midnight on south granville uh which is about the neighborhood that we live in uh was misinterpreted about uh being about going to clubs on the granville strip which is uh sort of the opposite of what it's about it's about, uh, you know, sort of wandering around in a very affluent neighborhood feeling alienated. And it's and people would write about it being like, he's getting ready to go out for a night of clubbing. Uh, so that was a little a little weird. Stuff well, like I, that. <laughs> I, 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 I want to bring this up because uh, I've circulated the story a little bit uh, online already. But I did an odd thing where Jay's, uh, J2 showed up in the mail. And I went to the mailbox, and just as I was getting it, my my son uh, was home from the. I had picked him up at the bus stop, and we had to go in a car to get his sister, who's at daycare. And so I I don't ever do this. Uh, you know, we listen. My son and I listen to lots of music, but I've never cold <laughs> played him something. Cold listen. I, yeah, I've never just cold like case. popped some. That's right. I've never popped something in to be like, let's just check this out. But I decided to do that with your record. That was Jay. your first mistake. <laughs> I guess so. So I'm listening. We're listening to it, and we we agree that we really like the guitar part in Back to School and the general feeling of it. And then it comes to the chorus, which uh, and for those of you listening who have uh, sensitivities towards uh, cursing, please uh, brace yourselves because the chorus. Uh, Jay, why don't you actually tell us what's the chorus of of the song Back to School? Uh, it goes fuck all the rules. Feels like I went back to school. Right, but you've actually recorded it with a fair amount of, what, distortion, vo- vocal processing? There's a bit of echo on there, and it's doubled. <laughs> so it's a little, it's it's sort of, I mean, as an adult, I picked it out. But my kid, who's four, <laughs> he, that's right, so he hears, you know, I don't shield him that much from cursing in music, but when I can, I find the clean version of the Beastie Boys albums. You know, I'd find that stuff. And so I'm like, oh, no, he's heard an F-bomb. But he he wants and the song finishes. I don't say anything. He says again. Oh. He he likes the song so much he wants to hear it again. So then he starts to tell me what he thinks the lyrics are, and he misheard the lyric as "flat car, fair rules." <laughs> Feels like I went back to school. I love it. That's amazing. <laughs> it's a very sweet inter. I don't know what a f- I don't know what it means. <laughs> it's great, actually. I I saw you post that on Facebook actually, and I didn't realize how young your son was. But I love that story so much. I've been singing I've been singing his version of the song for the past few days. <laughs> <laughs> so there there is I think a potential, and I think Jay responded to this on the post. You potentially have a radio edit here. We, totally. We actually made the clean version of that song last weekend. No way. Did you use these lyrics? No. Um, <laughs> They're too. We, they're too surreal. Yeah. They're more of uh, energy slime lyrics, actually. Oh man, my son! I thought my son was going to be a star, and that I might be getting some sweet royalty payments. <laughs> well, I, for the clean versions, I tried to change. I did three songs, and I tried to change as little as possible. So to go flat car fair rules, I would have had to change two lines. Mm-hmm. I just changed um, fuck. I changed it to another all. Um, so it just goes all, all the rules. It was, I did it, um, you know, um, best I ever had by Drake. Yeah. The clean version of that. 
it just goes you're the you're the best instead of you're the fucking best i just yeah kinda, i wanted it to do something like that so it just says all all the rules i guess it's it maybe that is kind of like a like a chopped and screwed kind of technique <laughs> So you you write these sort of catchy catchy ass songs, but they have curses in them. That's true. <laughs> you kind of you're kind of kiboshing your own uh, ability to get played on the radio and stuff. Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> is that a is that that's just a that's just a thing within you where you have to be a bit of a punk? Yeah, self sabotage. <laughs> yeah, it's my inner punk. Jay's one percent punk. Yeah. Now the other that's, one I'm part of the one percent. <laughs> One of the other funny uh, things on the record, there's a few really funny things, but uh, of course, I think we uh, people are starting to pay attention to this now. You have a song called Personal Line, mm-hmm. in which the, the chorus uh, recites a phone number. And, you know, I've heard phone numbers in songs before. And as I was preparing, and I kind of heard it, I'm like, that sounds like, that, I bet that's his real number. That's what I thought in my head. But until I went to call you just now, it didn't. I didn't clue in that it. You literally are singing your actual phone number in a song. <laughs> yep. Now, uh, have you received? And and now, I believe this song was recently posted on a blog or something. Yes, on a blog. That's true. Now, have you have you started to receive strange phone calls? Uh, I've gotten a couple. Actually, that's why I didn't answer it when you phoned. Um, because yesterday I got a phone call. They didn't leave a message though, but I got a phone call from Alberta. So I think. I never answer my phone at the best of times, and so now I really don't answer my phone. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why in the hell would you do this to yourself? It's funny. It's a good song. It's just a song. Um, yeah, but you could have changed any of the digits by one, that would and you'd be, be fine. I feel like it would be dishonest to do that. <laughs> yeah, but now you got to screen every call. I. For the record, I think he's crazy. I think it would be it would be a small if the song becomes popular, that's great. If it doesn't become popular, then no problem. <laughs> I, I give it's you win win. I, I give you three months before you're changing your number. Well, if that's the worst that happens, then so be it. I figure my emails anyone can email me, right? Yeah, that's different though. That's totally different. <laughs> I, guess I was it's just less talking invasive. to. I was just talking to Shotgun Jimmy. Do you know Shotgun Jimmy? Oh, he's yeah, he's nice. Yeah, we like him. So J- Jimmy was on the show recently, and he was talking about he's he's he went back to school to, to pursue a fine arts degree, and he uh, was talking to a professor about a group project he was working on, and he said to the professor, "Yeah, I don't know what's going on with her. I emailed her," and the professor said, "Hey, man, no one emails anymore. They text." <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that's interesting like you know back in the day getting someone's phone number was a kind of an intimate exchange mm-hmm. uh, whereas email you had a bit of distance you know email me that thing and I'll look at it that's what I always say to people still because I don't really want them to call me or text me because I, I don't know I just don't but that's a thing now people are just giving their phone numbers to anybody and uh, and you seem to be part of that generation, is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm equally bad at all forms of communication. So well, I, you better get good at it now, because you're going to be getting lots of calls. I'm really good at ignoring phone calls. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I've also read and heard that you categorize yourself, Jay, as as shy. Uh, this doesn't seem like the is that a is that a ruse? You don't seem shy to me. Well, that was just one thing I wrote for the first album, and. You know how the media will just read your bio and then that's the that's the article. <laughs> yeah. And then the next person that writes about you maybe just read that article. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. um, what is it, the telephone game or whatever? Broken telephone. Yeah, yeah. It just, people just zero in on one thing and then that becomes the thing. And I mean, I am shy uh, sometimes. Um but, but I think putting your face on an album was an exercise in trying to get over your shyness a bit. And so is putting my phone number on the album. Yeah. 
I feel like these kind of descriptors, as you say, like if if that was the main thing that got drawn out of a bio that you are shy, yeah, you could have equally have said. I'm also very happy. And like, <laughs> you know, like in a moment you might be shy, in a moment you might yeah. be happy. It's just I'm interesting. I'm multifaceted. Maybe I should have said Like that. everyone. Yeah, exactly. Most not people. a caricature. You're a million different things. <laughs> From one day to the next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I clearly, uh, you know, you, you have a good sense of humor. And I, you know, as I said earlier, I, I love this record. And I, you, uh, you intrigue and amuse me oh, on many thanks. levels. And uh, I just want to say that. Now, what's I mentioned that you've got a couple of dates uh, in Calgary in June at Sled Island. And then Jessica mentioned that you might be touring October, November, I guess. So what, what's next for Jay Arner? We are going across Canada next. Well, we're doing Sled Island first. That's just a little um, test test tour. And then in July and August, we're going across Canada with Supermoon. Um, we're going all the way to PEI, and then um, in the fall, the, yeah, we'll be doing some American touring in the fall. Nothing, um, nothing announceable <laughs> yet, but I'm, I'm not afraid to say that we're going to be touring in America heavily in the fall. Okay, great. That's great. And, and, and you're looking forward to that? Oh, yeah. I love going on tour. It's been too long. Nice. All right. Well, I want to let people know that. Uh, oh, sorry. Is there any other stuff related to the record? Are you putting out any singles? Is there anything else going on? There's a music video uh, that will be released probably by the time this comes out, or right around then, uh, for the song "Crystal Ball." So look for that online. Hmm. All right. Well, I know my son and I will be watching that uh, incessantly. That's just my feeling. He just, <laughs> there's a there's an S bomb in that one. Watch out. Oh, yeah. Yes, I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm aware of all these things. <laughs> They're just slipping past him thus far. He just, like, every day I have to put on the record in the car, and now my daughter starts screaming no. <laughs> She's 18 months. She'll be like, no, no. And I'll be like, what is it? And then I'll, and she'll be like, no. And I'll say, uh, do you want to hear the Beastie Boys? And she'll be like, yes. <laughs> and my son will say, are you sure you don't want to hear ACDC? And she'll say, no. And I'll say, do you want to hear Intergalactic? And she'll be like, yeah. So I have to take your record out of the car all the time and put in the Hello Nasty by the Beastie Boys because my daughter loves You're not the, the first Boys. person to tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, the new Jay Arner album is called J2. It's out June 17th via Mint Records, and he's playing a couple of shows in Calgary at Sled Island on June 24th and June 25th, as we've discussed, and there's a whole slew of other tour dates coming up. You can learn more about all of these things at mintrex.com. And I suppose jarner.bandcamp.com is the mm-hmm. other good destination. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Now, is is there a song from J2 that uh, you don't mind picking for us right now, Jay? Gosh. To, to, to play? Um, what's something that... Earth to Jay, I guess we were talking about that. What do you think? Yeah, that's a good one. Jessica agrees. I uh, like them all. <laughs> I like them all, too. We talked about Earth to Jay earlier. It's got what we described, or we agreed anyway, that it might have a bit of a noy part at the end. It might, yeah. Totally. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. This is uh, Earth to Jay by Jay Arner from J2. Uh, Jay, Jessica, this was a real, real pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, being on the show, and best of luck with everything. Thank Thanks. you so much. <laughs> Ask me 
you but i thoroughly enjoyed that episode that's my my perspective jay arner with unexpected guest jessica delisle thank you both for being on the show the song you just heard earth to jay is on the excellent excellent new jay arner album j2 which is available uh june 17th everywhere june 17th via mint records man great record i enjoyed that conversation a lot very funny smart people those two i like that very much uh that's the show that's the show that's the end of another episode if you want to learn more about creative control with vishkana i advise you to go to vishkana.com that is my name plus dot com that's the website version of me and on uh, within that website within that realm you will learn about where to find the show on itunes so you could just go to itunes you can also learn where to find the show and listen to the show. And then most importantly, please download the show on iTunes and audioboom.com. You can make a, a, a flexible monthly donation to the program via our Patreon page, uh, patreon.com. We're on we're on Facebook, Creative Control of Vishkana. Like the page on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, at Vishcreative. Follow me, at Vishkana. Listen to a version of this show every Wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time at CFRU.ca worldwide. That's where you can stream the thing. Or if you're in the area, CFRU 93.3 FM in Guelph. Just did a really fun episode with my wife and kids at the Guelph and District Multicultural Festival. We broadcast live and played a bunch of songs that my kids and wife and I like. Jay Arner were among them. Jay Arner's song. A song from the what? You know what I mean. Anyway, doing lots of fun radio things. It's it's really fun. Bishkana.com for more information. Once again, I'll be playing with Bry Webb of the Constantines and my fellow mates in the band The Tims. We are doing a couple of shows to pay tribute to the replacements because we like the replacements. And uh, we're playing North by Northeast on uh, June 18th, no, 17th, June 17th. At Adelaide Hall at around uh, like 10 p.m. And then we're playing on the 18th of June in Guelph at the Making Box. And then that's pretty much it. We don't play that often. So if you want, come and watch me play drums to, 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 with, to, to, with uh, my friends as we do some replacement songs. Otherwise, more shows to come. I will talk to you very soon. Thanks for listening. Goodbye for now. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.